Ready Check Radio. What's up, Internet? It's Thursday. It's 7 p.m. Eastern. That means here on uh, Ready Check Radio, it's time for the Relic Grind, our Final Fantasy XIV Square Enix podcast. And oh, yeah, just hours away from the next live letter. Hours away from the next live letter. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we're talking single-digit hours, 3 a.m. Pacific time tomorrow morning, 6 a.m. So single digits for some of you, double digits just barely for some of you, depending on the time zone you're in. We know what's going to be covered. 6-3, obviously going to be a big part of it. So we'll we'll kind of talk about what we're hoping for in there, what we know is going to be in, or at least it was previously confirmed, I guess I should say, for being 6.3, because things can obviously change. But we're going to go through all that, some Final Fantasy 16 news. I'm your host, Mike Byrne. As always, thanks so much for watching. If you're on YouTube, Spotify, Audible, wherever you're watching, we appreciate it. Click like, click subscribe, throw some comments on there. Feed the uh, algorithm, senpai. You know how it is. Joining me to talk about all kinds of fun things today, as always, Mr. Chris Montoya, a.k.a. Tarkoth. What's up, sir? Greetings, programs. Uh, I know this isn't Square-related, but uh, I had someone that asked me a question. I was wondering if you could help me with the answer. I, I can try. Um, I can certainly try. You know, you know Link, right? As in Zelda? Zelda? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. If you give Link a lot of sugar, does it become a hyperlink? <sighs> I know you love those dad jokes. <laughs> also joining us, special guest host. If you watch Tark's podcast on his own channel occasionally, you might have seen this person soon to be replacing Tark on this show every week. <laughs> Due to that joke, (laughs) Dane Pratt, a.k.a. Radio Piers, a.k.a. Piers, what's up, my friend? Howdy. What's up, guys? I am super happy to be here, uh, even though I lost a couple years off my life from that dad joke, but I'm just happy happy to be hanging out with you guys today. (laughs) It's our pleasure. Much, much obliged for you. Filling in, Kronos out today. I mean, we're getting to that time of the year, gang. You know, it's kind of hard. We're hitting the holidays, so just as like... Word of caution prepping for the next few weeks here. We're going to try to have a show next week. I might have a personal conflict, so watch Twitter. And then obviously no show the following week. That's going to be Thanksgiving. And we'll have a few shows in December. uh, And then we'll be off the week of Christmas, the week of New Year's. Same stuff we did last year. So stay tuned here, watching it. Go to readycheckradio.com, follow Twitter. You'll always know when we have a show if you're following those things. Gents, let's get started with it. The live letter, few hours away. What do we know about 6-3 so far? Well, we know that there's supposed to be, at least from the information we have, again, all of this could change, mm-hmm. a deep dungeon. And that's one of the things that a lot of people have been waiting for for a while. They felt a little, a little miffed that we haven't had one yet. Now, finally, supposed to get another one. I got to admit, I'm not generally like a huge deep dungeon guy. I like solo challenges in MMORPGs. I like solo challenge. I love the variant dungeon uh, and and think it was a great start and something for them to build on in meaningful ways going forward. Deep dungeon never really grabbed me, Tark. I don't know if you're into them, but it's just like, I'll go do it because it's an effective leveling strategy or 
I'm I'm gaining pot shards to go get a specific minion that for some reason I never got. I'll <laughs> do it. But it's not like, hey, I'm gonna I don't care about the title necromancer enough to even worry about that. I would pull my <laughs> eyes out doing the the necromancer title. But it, some people love it. Are you one of them? Uh I've never even hit the top floor of any of the previous two deep dungeons. So I like the content with the group. I'm not the biggest fan doing it solo. I don't know if that's weird or not, but um, yeah, if there's a minion, you know, I'll go get the pot shirts and all that right. fun stuff. Um, I don't even really use it for leveling. I, I prefer dungeons and raids and fate grinding, especially now that there's bicolor gemstones and, and rewards on that end. So Yeah, and minions um, behind those, too. I've I've enjoyed yeah, the trade-off yeah. there, too. I'd rather pull my eyes out doing fates than deep dungeon, I think. It's just <laughs> not that it's bad. Uh, it's just like, yeah. Pierce, it never did it for me. It was just like, okay, I get it, but this is like so repetitive. I don't think I can take this anymore. One thing I will give them credit for is some of the boss fights, not all, but some of the boss fights can be very interesting and fun to do. But it's just punishing when you lose and you just want to keep trying again. <laughs> no, go back to the beginning. Absolutely. I mean, I have to agree with Tark. I think that there are so many other ways to level in this game that are more engaging than Deep Dungeon. I think I, I like it as an option for sure. Um, but for me, I think Deep Dungeon is only as fun as the people you bring with you uh, when you go into it. So if you if you really have a group of people who are you know, who are willing to put that time in and who are just fun to hang out with, fun to, to chat with, just to chill. It's a really fun thing to do, and you can make a lot of money uh, doing it as well. And I think some of the rewards for getting to the top uh, the top floor, even as a group, not just as solo, is is worth it. Some some cool glam items and stuff like that. So I'm actually quite excited for this new deep dungeon, but I can understand why some people aren't as hot on it as, as others, for sure. Oh, I'm going to do it. Like, like yeah. I say, eh, it's not my favorite content as I'm sitting there grinding it the F out uh, to, to get, get it finished. Newest girl in chat kind of echoing the sentiments of you gentlemen this is fun to do when you're goofing off with friends uh and i will admit that there have been times tark that you might like to use some you know mage abilities to warp people around into some fun mechanics when it's just your friends goofing around and it's nothing as important as like a savage raid or anything like that uh before rescue, we go any rescue for the win right 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 <laughs> hey Piers, uh since this is the first time on the show what let viewers know what you main uh, Pierce like obviously does savage and and progression raiding uh, just to catch you up briefly. Uh, does raid leading? I used to watch you guys when when the two of you were raiding together. Pierce, you were doing the callouts and things like that. Um, but what what what's your main like? Wh what do you like in fourteen? What's your go to content before we hit the rest of six three here? When I started the game, it was kind of a little bit of everything but as when stormblood came out i started to really start raiding hard um that's when red mage came out i really felt uh, an affinity for that job and so i've kind of been a red mage ever since i've completed all the savage content and all the ultimate content as well on red mage uh so that's my baby but right now uh with the newest raid tiers that have come out i have been playing reaper just to give myself a bit of a break on red mage i did do dsr on red mage uh, but I did, uh, I've done all of Pandemonium so far on Reaper, and I've been having a lot of fun with it. Um, but I also do enjoy Monk quite a bit, and I've been playing a lot of Warrior and Sage too. So I've been kind of branching out, but it, I'm a DPS at heart. So oh. uh, Monk, I, I the like... only class that actually interacts with substats. Awesome. 
Right. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> all the crit all the time. Give me more, please. A man uh, after yeah. my own heart, red mage, we're automatically besties. Bye, Tark. Yeah. Uh, we're also getting the, wow. uh, the, ne the next segment of the Alliance Raid, Myths of the Realm. Okay, it feels like so long since the first segment. I forgot Myths of the Realm was going to be part of this patch initially. Like, when it, before I was putting the show notes together, I'm like, okay, we'll talk about 6-3. Live letter will be in like 10 or 11 hours after the show. We'll talk about that the following week, as long as my schedule holds. Uh, yeah, I know Deep Dungeon's in that. What else is in that? Oh, yeah, Myths. <laughs> Myths is, oh, son of a mm. bee. Myths is in it. So the Alliance Raid 24 player. We're going to get the uh, second segment of there of that. I'm really looking forward to that. I mean, I, I, love, I love the first round of Myths compared to uh, some of the previous 24 May Yorha, not so much. Uh, and a few <laughs> other ones, maybe not so much. They, they, you know, Crystal Tower was interesting narratively. and But I've actually really enjoyed Myths. I'm looking forward to see what they come out of, uh, come out of the gate here for round two, Tark. Uh, I'm excited for it because I like, especially week one, just the white fest that is week one, 24 man rating. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I'm always excited to see what kind of new mechanics. Um, while I'm not as interested in what gods are going to show up because I got the ones that I wanted the first time around, Nalthal, Ralgar, Bauragot. So I'm kind of good there. I, I'm also interested to see where the story is going at this point too, because are we going to maybe find out a little bit? Maybe the, the convocation of fourteen for Heidelin side. I don't know. We'll see. Could be. Could be. I know it's not challenging like progression raid stuff, but there is that week one enjoyment, right, Pierce? Like, you know, just go in and watch 24 people just smack their face into something. Yeah, when it, when it comes to the, uh, the odd number patches, I think the 24-man experience is probably the most fun you can have, especially in those first few weeks where nobody knows what's going on and it's just a complete chaos. You know, there's something... I, I've always thrived when there's chaos, right? It, it feels like you can really pull your weight and, and save a run and stuff like that. And so I just love that stuff. Um, but uh, yeah, I kind of I kind of did forget about it too. You know, it does feel like it was so long ago that we got the first round of uh, of uh, what the Aglaia raid. And um, it, they just hit it so hard. Like when it first came out, everybody was raving about it. The content was super fun. The fights were great. And the music was, the, I mean, at second. Yes, one, right? the music. Uh, music. They have a lot to, you know, they, they've got a, a big, um, you know, they, they've got to hit the next one out of the park too, right? So I'm hoping the music's going to be just as good. And I'm quite excited to see what gods they end up doing for this round. Um, so, yeah, I'm, I you know, I'm super excited about it, even though I kind of put it in the back of my in my mind for a while. But, Newest girl yeah. wants to know the percentage chance the community calls Halone mommy, and I typed in chat 100%. <laughs> 100 Absolutely. 110. 110. Barbariccia, mommy, Halone, mega mommy. Mega mommy. We'll have them both. Mega mommy. Oh, my goodness. You know, we both... um. Because we all talked about how it feels like it's been forever, you know, since they extended the patch cycles by a couple weeks, plus yeah. that extra week in summer and winter. Yeah, I mean, when you think yeah, about it, really it has been think it has been four weeks yeah. longer than normal, or yeah, so like almost a month longer, right? Because we had six one and six three, so, uh, a two week extra 
development time for six one to six two and six two to six three. So real, it, yeah, you're right. In real time, it literally has been four extra weeks uh, estimated two per patch cycle. But even then, it's like it still feels like it was much longer than that again. It's been a long year, dude. And I think it's, it's right. I, I, I think you're right. Like a lot of it has to do with maybe the challenge and replayability was not exactly there. While everybody enjoyed it, it was kind of like a uh, okay, now I'm done with this, and you maybe finished a little earlier, and then had a little longer to wait for the next thing. So, so I think probably a couple things factoring into that bucket. <laughs> I I know Piers and I spent a, a a few weeks, you know, playing and pulling out abacuses and you know trying to you know <laughs> see what our our numbers are with our abacus and our calculators. So anytime <laughs> players are asked to do math, hilarity in, ensues. Uh, oh, what was that fight? Somebody remind? I can't remember it off the top of my head. It, it's it, it's a, the other alliance raid where you had to hit the Evilis. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where you hit the circle. I knew it was an Ivelisse. I can't remember the name of the fight, though. Where you had to hit the circles with the Mac Construct something. Yeah, Construct. newest Construct girls, right? Oh, I think. Yeah. yeah. Construct. Love that. Computation. Love that. Yeah. yeah, that's right. The ability. Get in the circles. Somebody's standing in three, and you're just like, God, there's eight seconds for me to watch this person. Because <laughs> I know <laughs> I know they're wrong. <laughs> what is indivisible? What does that mean? I have no idea. <laughs> What's a prime number? People would have to put macros up for <laughs> the alliance chat. This is the what an indivisible number is. Multiples of four? Yeah. I don't get it. Gee, I can't imagine why they never use that mechanic ever again. Yeah, right. <laughs> Um, mm. duty, uh, the duty support system gets pushed through the rest of the Heavensward MSQ. We got the first part of that earlier this year. Now we're getting the final part of that to push through the rest of that. So you solo players that are catching up or you new players that want to experience the story solo. Now you have all the way through the critically acclaimed blah, blah, blah. You get it. Heavensward will now have duty support oh. for the dungeons. What, Tark? You just reminded me about a advertisement that I was supposed to be making way back when. What? <laughs> well, now you got to share. What's going on? You and I had talked about making a, a Final Fantasy fourteen ad. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah I forgot all the about billboard. It. <laughs> <Shit>. <laughs> I think I have the videos and, and crap still on my computer somewhere. I'll dig that shit up. Chat. I'm all about. What are you all? I'm all about Island Sanctuary spreadsheet. Just don't ask me how to divide. I'm done with <laughs> Island Sanctuary at the moment. I got my mounts. I'm like, yeah, I'm done. I'm out of here now. Got my minion. Got all the mounts. Forget it. But we will be getting more of that. We'll talk about that in a second. The big one that I think most of you know the the people playing the game are interested in, particularly those of us uh, like us on this panel that maybe play a little more progression. Some of you are in it even deeper than I am, but all three of us to varying degrees are progression raiders. Are job changes something that the last patch, particularly the final boss buffing debuffing uh, that got that went on there, really started the conversation. Piers about. There's some real weak links in job balancing issues, some things that need to be addressed. You know, cutting the health isn't a fix to this, even though Yoshi P did publish that very detailed thing saying this was the problem, but that doesn't mean there isn't balancing. I think this is something people are really, really looking forward to. 
but we don't know the particulars of anything yet. So this is like the question mark that everybody wants to to hear about. We're not getting it in this live letter. <laughs> We're not. <laughs> I don't think so either. Yeah. No. Um. Yeah, this specific raid tier really showed that there is a, a quite a bit of a disparity between, especially DPS. Uh, tanks have their own issue. Healers have been pretty pretty good when it comes to balancing, uh, but it's been the DPS that's really showing some disparity. Um, with the bosses now having bigger hitboxes, with a lot of the bosses not even requiring positionals, um, it's shown that melees are a lot stronger than the ranged DPS, specifically the physical ranged. Um, I know with the patch we just had, uh, a lot of that was addressed. Some of the jobs were pushed up, like Machinist, um, like Summoner and, and Red Mage, but I do still think that there is quite a bit of a disparity. So I'm wondering what they end up doing with 6.3. I do know that they are going to look at Dragoon and Astrologian uh, for overhauls, and I think Paladin was even on that list. So yeah, uh, I'm looking forward. Yeah. yeah, I'm looking forward to see what they do with those jobs, seeing if they can make them more engaging to play, uh, a little bit less clunky. But uh, that's what I'm looking forward to, at least. They've got. So. They basically have two patches to figure some stuff out here, Tark. Right? Because we're not going to get the the pandemonium segment uh, until six four. So they'll have the launch of six three with some changes there, and presumably the launch of six four with some changes there as well to kind of counteract anything that goes over or under. Famously, we've seen things like Black Mage uh, in the past get super buffed, and then they have to rein that back, and, and a little bit of balancing tweaks there. What do you want to see, even though we both agree that they're probably not talking about it here in part one of the 6-3 live letter, what do you really want to see on the job changes front? I want to see Sage Phlegma go from 45 seconds to 40 seconds. That's it. That's all I care about. That's the only one you want. Everything else can just keep it broken. <laughs> totally fine. <laughs> Nobody's well, playing that class. Doesn't matter. It's 40 seconds. <laughs> Game's fixed. It's perfect. Yep, yep. exactly. Uh, Paladin, Paladin needs some love. Um, with the shift, especially with Endwalker, to this whole two-minute burst window system that they got going on, Paladin just seems uh, pretty clunky in that regards. Um, I believe that they said they were going to work on abilities and maybe give them something like that um, so that they fit in that new two-minute meta. Um, I, I know that they talked about Dragoon and Astrologian. I think it's going to be some tape fixes, but I think the big changes are coming in 7.0. I don't think we're going to get huge, massive overhauls for those two jobs uh, until the expansion launches. And we'll have a fan fest to see them revealed. Yay! Yes. Yay! Are you going? You're going to try to, Tark? Because you were, oh, hell yeah. like, the first fan fest you were ever going to go to was the one that got canceled due to COVID, yes. wasn't it? I was so pissed. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, I don't care about COVID. I'll risk it. Piers, you ever been? Nope. Yes, I've been to everyone so far. So I'm hoping yes. to make it uh, the, uh, what, a quad? The, the fourth one so far? Is it the fourth? Or is it yeah. the third? Yeah. Fourth? I think it's going to be the fourth. Fourth live in person one. Newest girl have to pick between FanFest and Evo. Ooh, that's a tough call. I mean, I personally pick FanFest, but if you're into fighting games, I could see why you might consider Evo. I could see it. I could see it. Island Sanctuary going to be getting some new content. We have no idea what this is. Like Yoshi P has previously said in a number of things, and we've talked on the show that, yeah, they're going to take our feedback. We gave our feedback. Please give me a fucking collect all button from the Mehmet's. 
who oversee my pets and who oversee my crops. I don't care what else you do with that damn island. That is the biggest portion of my island sanctuary daily chores is having to click on every damn one of those things to collect them. Um, but he did talk about in previous stuff, uh, new facilities, uh, opening up more space. I that would, I guess, Tark mean we would get new functionality uh, with new facilities, maybe, maybe doing some additional things. We've already got kind of creation. We've already got the memets that gather. We already got the pens. I don't know what else you wanna you wanna do on the gathering, building, crafting, uh, Harvestella mini game. I mean, Island Sanctuary. Uh, built into Final Fantasy fourteen, But, I mean, all of these are on the table. We have no idea. I, I could actually see them spending a fair amount of time on that in this live letter because some of the other sure. things may be stuff they just aren't willing to talk about a lot yet with the job changes and the raid mm -hmm. and things like that. I, I, I'd i be surprised if they actually did something with Island Sanctuary because I was pretty sure that they had said that every two patches at, at minimum would be the, the time frame before we saw more Island Sanctuary. So I'm not expecting anything here. If they did, that's great. Um, all they need is a collect all button. That would satisfy me, <laughs> you and me both. So um, if they put something else in addition, that'd be great. Um, I just, yeah, I don't for some think, reason. I don't think anything additional is going to be announced here. I, sure. I think this would be more, you know, like they did a half hour on triple triad when nobody wanted it and nobody cared. <laughs> like I could see them doing 30 hours of how Island feet or 30 hours. God, uh, 30 minutes on like how Island sanctuaries have been received, common complaints, sure. things they're working on uh, and, and things like that. Not necessarily showing off like, hey, here's new buildings and here's what they're going to do. To your gotcha. point, we're not ready for that. But I could see them using it. Maybe Pierce is like a a filler because they want the thing to be an hour and a half, two hours long, but they're not ready to really give two hours of information on job changes, raids, and deep dungeons. Yeah, that's definitely a possibility I could see for sure. Um, for me, I mean, Island Sanctuary now is just like something you go in for five, ten minutes yep. and you just kind of do what you got to do and you leave. I, I hope they make it so you can spend a little bit more time there. Maybe just a little bit. You know, once you get that max level, there's really not much you do besides you, you know, maybe you gather something you need for your workshop. Maybe if if you're lucky, but usually the granary takes care of that. So I don't know. Maybe they could add some like a fishery or something as a, you know, a, a new workshop or something. I, I don't know. Uh, I'm just maybe some more rewards. I don't know what they could do with Island Sanctuary. I just hope that they, you know, give me another reason to go there every day than just, you know, and obviously the collect all button. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Piers, what's, what's the thing you're most excited for in 6.3? It's gotta be... If it's the deep dungeon, if they really do a good deep dungeon, it's gotta be the deep dungeon. That's a pretty big piece of content. So I'm I'm really looking forward to that. Tark? Um, it's going to be probably the only thing that I do every single day, uh, every single week. So the 24 man good choice. Yeah. The, the 24 man's probably it for me, uh, as well. Yeah. I mean, I, I'll do the deep dungeon. I don't hate them. It's just, if you give me other options, I'm taking them. Like, I don't even care what they are <laughs> unless yeah. you told me to go do crystalline conflict. Then I'd be like deep dungeon. Let's do it. Let's do it. Are you a PVP or Pierce? 
<laughs> when it, okay when it first came when crystalline conflict first hit i was all about it for a few weeks and then i just kind of tapered off on it I, I i do need to go and do that new uh battle pass or whatever series to get, to get that uh that dragon mount but that's something i'll force myself through you know the week before the patch so <laughs> that's uh, a lot of grinding <laughs> but uh no i enjoy it for what it is it's just not something i really engage in super like a lot so Newest girl saying hankering for some main story quests right now. I mean, I, I think we all are, but we also don't expect to get much <laughs> like out of out of these patches kind of paving the early way for 7 0. Um, yeah. It's just unfortunately like the 6 2 MSQ. I was like, no, nah, all right, great. That was a couple of minutes of my time. Uh, fantastic. And, and I really don't expect much more out of out of 6 3. Uh, we're not exactly being left on cliffhanger moments, um, building towards a huge completion. And that might be that might be a bad thing from the way they did this, Tark. Like, do you feel ending things in the primary 6.0 expansion as far as the heavy lifting main storyline was maybe a detriment to these 6.1, 6.2, incremental patches as far as feeling like... <sighs> you're involved in something because i'm gonna be honest in the six one six two six three somebody playing every day like myself i have not cared about msq since the n walker main story ended i haven't really felt invested or drawn to anything that's going on in the world besides what? maybe some little bits and bobs here and Leone and zero come yeah, on I, 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 hey i'm not saying that the fights aren't fun I'm not saying that, hey, I'm enjoying what's, you know, the the whole Black Knight uh, storyline, but it almost feels like I'm kind of secondary to what's going on mm. uh, and, and just like I'm an outsider kind of mopping up for them. I don't know. I just haven't. It, it's not bad. I just haven't felt as invested as I have since the Endwalker primary story concluded. Maybe it's just me. Maybe I'm nuts. And, and maybe a part of it is because, you know, 6.3 would be normally when an expansion story would end. Right. And then the next patch, the new story would begin leading up to the expansion. So um, maybe it is a little I, I'm I enjoy the hell out of the MSQ right now because I'm a huge fantasy four fan. You know, you know, it's my all time favorite. Yeah. So I'm, I gobble this crap up right now. So I'm all about the MSQ. I think it's awesome. And zero is my new. Oh, I don't know if she's tied with you, Stola, right now. She's she's pretty awesome. But chat just yeah. saying I'm nuts. So maybe I'm just nuts, Pierce. Maybe it's just me. Maybe I've been invested in other things and just kind of not letting myself become. You've invested. had a personal life, man. A lot of things going on. <laughs> thing to think about, because I think, you know, they did what they set out to do with Endwalker. They said that they were going to end it on 6.0. They did it done. And now what it looks like they're doing is trying to ramping up into a new story. And it's, I understand how you feel because we went from literally saving the entire universe to now going to more, like back down to like kind of smaller scale things and where we're, it doesn't feel like we are the center of everything, where we're just a player in this instead of like the guy, right? So we're kind of like winding down from that crazy Endwalker ending and uh, kind of ramping up to something new. So I'm, I'm all about it. I, I like it a lot. Um, I'm super excited to see where we go with this whole uh, th shard of the 13th. I do love uh, Zero. I I love Zero. Yeah, yeah Zero is great. 
So yeah. I like the new characters they're introducing. So I think that they have a pretty decent future. Uh, I'm, I'm a little this, nervous where they're taking Zero because yeah. some thoughts of, that I'm sure we all had, we're not going to go into speculation right now. Don't want to spoil I, anything. Are they going to take her to one? Uh, you, we're not going to talk. We're not going to talk. Like there's, or to two. Your guess is the dungeon will be barren, says newest girl. Ooh. Hey, uh, Final Fantasy... <sighs> Just give me the music, man. That's all I care about. Mm. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah. <laughs> Just give me the music. Uh, Final Fantasy fourteen and Square Enix, uh, as a company, their financials came out for the last quarter. Um, that's April to June. Uh, not great. Not great. Uh, Square Enix, you know, would like to be making a little more money. Things are, are down Compared to the same period last year. Again, that's kind of been across the board in gaming for most companies due to inflated revenues last year and the year before due to COVID. But you still don't want to see huge drops, particularly in the double digits. And we are looking at like 16, 17%, whether you're comparing revenue uh, quarter over quarter or year over year. Net income, though, the actual money coming in, coming in, that is up, but that's just because inflation and exchange rates between currencies are total garbage right now. So <laughs> congrats on some more revenue. The interesting part and why I bring it up here, sales uh, of the HD games department declined year over year. MMO games rose year over year. And the proportion of MMO sales was higher than that of HD games department for the very first time. And that's on the back of three titles. 14, 11, and Dragon Quest. Paying subscribers continue to rise. But I don't think if you're Square Enix Tark, you really want to be like, well, shit. <laughs> our subscription game is uh, outpacing all of our HD games department. When you keep making poor choices like, I don't know, Marvel's Avengers, Babylon's Fall. I mean, we are far know, things... removed from Marvel Avengers being I an know, issue. Though. I know. I'm just saying that they keep making It's a pattern with them now at this point for me. Um, I, I just can't wait to see what the next dumpster fire is going to be. It's going to be awesome. <laughs> Better not be forespoken. For God's sake, please let it not be forespoken. <laughs> forespoken continues to like look better and better. Like yes, they're they're finally doing themselves some favors with their videos and advertising. I I don't think I'm surprised by it. Like when you look at their slate, uh, peers this year mm -hmm. compared to last year, particularly the HD game slate, right? Like you could argue, wow, MMO in the year in between expansions, that's not where you would expect them to take over HD games as far as the money goes, but. When you look at what HD Games pumped out last year, the year before, versus what they have pumped out this year to date, you have pretty big gaps when you're looking at things like 7 Remake a couple of years ago and bigger titles last year. And then everything basically big for Square Enix, either getting pushed into late this year and hasn't happened, or slipping out of this year entirely and falling into the last fiscal quarter of 2022 um, 2023 in through January through March. So I, I think there's some makeup room. It's surprising, though, that MMOs boosted themselves on an off expansion year, I think. Yeah. 
it's interesting because you know for the longest time people were saying that the MMO genre was dying, and it's just it's it's funny to see how successful that the MMO genre has been, especially for Square Enix, especially given that obscure games like Eleven are still bringing in a lot of revenue for for uh, Square Enix, which is great to see. I love that game. Eleven's near and dear to my heart. I just don't play it anymore. Uh, I need to get back into it. But um, it, but yeah, even think like what big Square Enix games have come out in the past year, like, even, like, not, not a whole lot. I mean, we had, with Valkyrie Elysium, that was pretty good. We had, uh, we just had Harvestella. So, but, I mean, everything seems to be coming out next year. We've I think got 16 coming out next year. Got, what might be the most telling thing, and I don't mean to interrupt you, Pierce, there, but yeah. what might be the most telling thing there, Tark, is Pierce totally forgot Star Ocean. Like, Star, yeah. <laughs> Star Ocean. That might be the most telling thing Diofield about Chronicle. Star Ocean. <laughs> That's exactly it, right? Like, it, it's it's games that we just, like, they're they're um, okay, but nothing groundbreaking, nothing that's going to sell a crazy amount of, of, of units, right? But, like, you think of 16, you think of 7 Remake, you think of, I think even with the hype that Forspoken's been getting, uh, Octopath 2, I think, is going to be really good. You know, I, I, I think that's when it's going to hit, you know, that, 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 that these HD sales are going to uh, go up. But for Crisis right now, Core. Yeah. Crisis, Crisis Core. Core. Yeah, exactly. Oh, yeah. In December, right? So mm -hmm. um, I, I think we've got a lot to look forward to. I, I think we just haven't had any of those crazy, like, groundbreaking games that have been coming out of Square Enix lately. So before we we leave square enix here and kind of segue into some other stuff on the back of yoshi p uh we are not advocating for the use of mods by telling you about this final bar line yes um but there's a team uh flat 2 vr working on a vr mod for Final Fantasy fourteen, They did one for Half-Life 2 and stuff like that. So, And they do have some videos. Go check out their Twitter if you want to see them. Some of them look a little janky uh, when you see some Final Fantasy fourteen characters uh, from angles that they, you know, maybe weren't originally designed <laughs> to be viewed from, let's just say. Uh, yeah, but if for some reason you don't mind the risk of maybe getting banned for... Knowing that you're using a mod, just for dear God's sake, don't don't stream it. Don't stream it. Don't stream, don't stream it, it, you idiots. Exactly. Yeah, it's not pervy sounding at all. Well, yeah, that's exactly why I worded it that way. <laughs> <laughs> it's a little pervy. It's also an interesting thing. Like, I wow, that'd be really cool. Yeah. Like, because I've played Zenith. If either of you played Zenith, the the VR MMO, and while it's interesting I, conceptually, I, I can't watch it for more than like half an hour before I'm like, okay, I got to play something that isn't. 14 polygons per character model um I, i've done vr once and i got a little vertigo on it so i was like yeah oh i'm a huge vr guy i love vr love it pierce you yeah, as a fellow I, glasses wearer where do you sit <laughs> i have not interacted with a lot of vr but i do unfortunately get motion sick pretty easily so oh. i don't know how i know it's such a shame but maybe i'll just take a bunch of dramamine and try it and then just fall asleep after because that put me to put me to sleep so fast, but I think it's an in, I think it's an interesting thing that what they're doing here. Obviously, don't advocate for mods, but if they if they do something like this, I think it might be something to take a look at. Um, even if it is kind of janky, I think it's you know, kind of unique. So, newest girl getting motion sick too. Damn it! Yeah, I mean, it's, it's a huge problem they're going to have to overcome if they ever want it to be mainstream. That's for sure. All right, let's talk about Final Fantasy 16. We're not moving on to the general Square Enix stuff yet. We're going to tie this with the 14 stuff because we're going to talk specifically 
a lot here about Yoshi P. And since some of this isn't good news, I'm going to give yeah. you the sweet-ass ambition trailer as B-roll so that you have something to make you smile while we talk about this stuff. But first off, a PSA that Yoshi P. wants everybody to loudly reiterate, Final Fantasy 16 is not related in any way to Final Fantasy 14. Yoshi P. Was- told Game Watch Japan that while he knows that some people still insist that there's some connection between Valistia and Eorzea, he wants the journalists to write in big, bold letters that there is no relation between Final Fantasy 16, 16's Valestia and Final Fantasy 14's Eorzea. Originally, I'm the type of person who wants to pass on things that the staff want to do and work hard at, so there may be people who think there's a connection, but in reality, there's no connection. So, well, okay, that's about it. By the way, I would like you to write in capital letters, they are really unrelated to Final Fantasy 14. Tark still disagrees. He's such a conspiracy theorist. <laughs> so there you I go. I thought this. I thought Valisteo was on the other side of the world from yours. Yeah, damn it. <laughs> it's, it's it's just like if if anybody is a Final Fantasy for, Final Fantasy follower in general, like none of these connect. Every world is is it, its own thing. There are Easter eggs here and there, like Shinra logo in Final Fantasy X and other weird little nods um, throughout the entire series. But, like, they've never been, like, connected. The only ones that are really connected are the 10, 10, 2, 10, 3, and Lightning and all that fun stuff. So, um, so why he felt the need to really, you know, hammer this point home, I don't understand. I'm like, I hope we get a crossover in 14. That would be sweet. Um, oh, but I don't, yeah, I don't. I, yeah, I would assume that we do at some point. They've already done 13 and 15, and mm-hmm. arguably, you know, they've done full stuff with uh, 3 and 4 and 6, and you know, so I would imagine we yeah, would. All sorts of bits, yeah. <sighs> all right, gents. So, chat, you Here's may have part. seen this uh, IGN interview this past uh, week, about six days ago. Uh, where they talked to Yoshi P about Final Fantasy 16, and they talked about <laughs> some people comparing the game to Game of Thrones, everything we've seen so far, side quests, and representation uh, in games from a ethnic diversity position. Uh, one of the things that I think is super unfortunate that happened in this interview uh, is that there are some other interesting bits in this interview that if you're looking forward to 16 are worth reading, uh, like talking about, and, and we'll get to a couple of them just so that we're you know showing both sides of this interview. Like what icons, can we expect seeing some icons that we maybe haven't seen in a trailer and like actual information that if you're looking forward to the game you would want, some is teased or talked about in this interview. It's not a total fluff interview, but the, flu- the, the interview absolutely went nuts on the internet for one specific answer to a question and in the interest of making sure that nothing is paraphrased or uh, anything like that gentlemen or spoken to um, in a half-hearted way uh, I am going to take like two minutes here and read you the entire question and Yoshi P's entire answer so that nothing is taken out of context okay 
Uh, so IGN asked, in regards to diversity in the game, talking about Final Fantasy 16, can we expect expect to see black characters in Final Fantasy 16 or people of color, non-white characters in general? To clarify a bit more, there's been discussion around the trailers to date featuring mostly white characters, and I wanted to get clarity on whether we can expect the final game to be more diverse. That was the question. Yoshi P replies, This is a difficult question, but not one that was unexpected, seeing as diversity in entertainment media has become a much-discussed topic as of late. The answer I have, however, may end up being disappointing to some, depending on individual expectations. Our design concept from the earliest stages of development has always heavily featured medieval Europe, incorporating historical, cultural, political, and anthropological standards that were prevalent at the time. When deciding on a setting that was best suited to the story that we want to tell, the story of a land beset by the blight, we felt that rather than create something on a global scale, it was necessary to limit the scope to a single landmass, one geographically and culturally isolated from the rest of the world in an age without airplanes, television, or telephones. Due to the underlying geographical, technological, and geopolitical constraints of this setting, Valistia was never going to be realistically to realistically be as diverse as, say, a modern-day Earth. Or even Final Fantasy XIV that has an entire planet and moon worth of nations, races, and cultures at its disposal. The isolated nature of this realm, however, does end up playing a large part in the story and is one of the reasons Valestia's fate is tied to the rest of the world. Ultimately, we felt that while incorporating ethnic diversity into Valestia was important, an over-incorporation into this single corner of a much larger world <sighs> would end up causing a violation of those narrative boundaries we originally set for ourselves. The story we're telling is fantasy, yes but it's also rooted in reality. Conversely, the Final Fantasy series of games has always inherently dealt with conflict and struggle, especially between the empowered and those used and or exploited by those privileged few, a prominent trend in human history. In a game that by design allows players to experience that conflict and struggle firsthand through dynamic, realistic battles, it can be challenging to assign distinctive ethnicities to either antagonists or protagonists without triggering audience preconceptions, inviting unwarranted speculation, and ultimately stoking flames of controversy. The best part of push pulling inspiration directly from history, however, is that it allows us to revisit and re-examine our own pasts while also allowing us to create something new. In the end, we simply want the focus to be less on the outward appearance of our characters and more on who they are as people, people who are complex and diverse in their natures, backgrounds, beliefs, personalities, and motivations, people whose stories we can resonate with. There is diversity in Valestia. Diversity that, while not all-encompassing, is synergistic with the setting we've created and is true to the inspirations from which we are drawing. And I apologize for reading that in full, but I don't want Yoshi P taken out of context here. I want you to know exactly 
what he said. Unfortunately, for the other good stuff in this interview, Tark, this has become the focus of that interview when this interview was then reported on on other sites. This was the focus. Uh, started on IGN, if you look at Eurogamer, Yoshida's response to Final Fantasy 16's lack of diversity is souring, say, black players. The medieval period and experience is not synonymous with white. And variations on that headline to varying degrees of aggressiveness have kind of just proliferated across the internet. When you first saw the headlines or first saw the interview and went and checked it out, what was your your kind of gut reaction to what you were reading, Tark? Wow, you just stepped in a big pile of doo-doo there, uh, there, Yoshi P. Um, uh, I guess let's first... Uh, start with and we're all three male white guys right i mean that's, yep. we don't have any issues with representation in our we've had representation for forever so i, I can't really put myself and, and i don't think any of the three that, of us would even yeah. deign to yeah. try yeah don't want to don't say want that we can understand um, that that life um but especially in this day and age, I mean, Yoshi P, you got to do better. Um, your team's got to do better. Um, and I look at games like Forspoken, and there's diversity all over the place. And I, I think it's awesome, and I can't wait to play that game. Uh, I, I just don't know what they were thinking. Um, and Takal brought it up uh, in the chat as well. Like, you know, you're talking about secluded people, and they're just kind of you're taking the race out of it, but then you've got all these different buildings and different architectures of these different cultures. Even armor in, and weapons I, I, armors that you and weapons. see in the trailer. Oh, I, I just don't understand why. And, that, and that's setting aside the fact that just historically, that's also what was said was inaccurate. Um, and then, go ahead. And then the, the line that Yoshi P said about not wanting to trigger audience preconceptions or inviting unwarranted speculation to stoke flames of controversy like i i don't <laughs> i just i don't get it unless you were gonna put your diversity in a stereotype uh stereotype that would then cause an issue so i i just this just seems wrong um and then that's really all i have on that it's just it's just wrong pierce there's something to be said for like what the artist wants to project too, right? When you're making a game, when you're writing a book, when you're doing a stream, when you're doing a podcast, like whatever you as the creator peers are doing, you have a very set objective for the story you want to tell, the presentation you want to give. I don't think anybody really has a problem with if Yoshi P and team want to tell a particular story in a particular place, they tell it the way they want to. I don't think if somebody was doing an indie game where the entire cast was people of color because that's the type of story they wanted to tell. Like the artistic integrity argument, I absolutely hate, by the way, that that's being tossed about here. You're not talking about me making a game. You're talking about a company that is self-aware enough to have just weeks and months ago talked about how they're going to shift their design to a more global philosophy they can't just cater to their Japanese audience. They need to be more global in nature. You have Yoshi P at the beginning of this answer recognizing that this was not going to be an unexpected question because of how, and yes, these race issues are all over the world, 
But right now in the United States, they are a little more front and center than in other parts of the world. So if you're overseas and you don't get the big deal, the big deal is they are very much a big deal here in movies, in in television show, in comic books, in video games. I grew up seeing people that looked exactly like me in all of them. I had black friends growing up that never saw anybody that looked like them in that media. And it is changing. We're seeing it change, which is great. But you knew this was going to be a question. You acknowledged that it was a serious issue. Maybe it's not in your corner of the world, but Yoshi P recognized it was. And then to kind of give the cop out of, well, medieval Europe, um, you know, it wasn't exactly the most diverse place. And that's where we're telling our story. It's a bad take. Like, I don't think you have to be ultra politically correct and slamming diversity in simply to make a checkbox. That's not the argument I'm making. I don't want that. You can take good things too far. And I would argue in some cases we have done that as a society with politically correctness, with quote unquote wokeness. God, throw that word away. Both sides. I'm sick of you using it. Like it just has no meaning now. You don't have to be woke or politically correct to just recognize that people want to see them represented in the art and entertainment that they like. And that's a compassion point to to want to see that for them. You walked into this one. You gave a crappy answer. I don't think he's racist in any way. I've seen that being thrown around the Internet. I don't think that's the case. I mean, if you go by the definition here in the United States of a person of color, Yoshi P is, in fact, a person of color by the definition here uh, that we use generally, colloquially, in the United States. But, man, you really stepped in it. I don't think you have to be slamming diversity down people's throats to meet checkboxes simply because we want diversity in our game, so let's make that character black. That's not what anybody's asking for. But whitewashing everything is also what not everybody's asking for. He doesn't say there isn't diversity there. He just says it's not comparable to what, you know, modern day society is like. But God, what a cop out of an answer. What a cop out. It's, yeah, I mean, you all hit it on the head when he walked into this one pretty hard. And, uh, you know... If okay, if this was a historical game based in the real world, that's one thing, okay? But it's not. This is a fantasy world that is being created. There's no rules set into place here. It, it is saying that it's ba- you know that it's it's you know kind of based on European whatever. That's fine, but that's this is a fantasy world. Let's let's not put let's not mince the words here, right? They could have done anything they wanted, right? Anything they could have made one kingdom. You know, there's the, the Sand Kingdom, right? They could have darker complexion there or anything. It's I, I just don't... It, it does seem like a complete cop-out answer to say that this is kind of loosely based on historical Europe or something like that. It is, you know... It, and if this is the way that they want to go, then they got to... You know, they, they have a, a a hard road ahead of them to prove that the reason that ever, that there's not that much diversity is because they specifically wanted it in this world, that this world better be the story. The story has to do with it being completely isolation and whatever. Like if, if they're going to do that, they got to prove it. But to me, this just seems like a cop out. And yeah. And, and even historically, like it's not accurate. <laughs> like yeah. It just, yeah. it just isn't. 
I mean, right. were, were there, you know, uh, you know, massive amounts of people of color walking around certain, you know, European countries like in the dark ages? Yeah, you probably didn't see many in Iceland. But once we had the ability to travel and sail, which they certainly had in medieval Europe, then you started to see the the blending, the culture melting pots uh, all over the place, uh, people migrating from all over the place. Like it's uh, newest girl's right. It's a completely unforced error. Yeah, yeah, like, exactly. All he had to say was, if he wanted to stick with the history thing, right? And and that was like, hey, we kind of used medieval Europe as our model. All he had to say was, yes, you will see more diversity in the game than you have seen in the trailers. Think about medieval Europe's level of diversity, and you'll have an idea of how much diversity we'll be showcasing in our game, because that's kind of the model setting that we used. Chat, raise your hand if I just gave a, a 200% better answer to the that question. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And maybe exactly. you're maybe you're still disappointed as a person of color saying, "Oh, that really sucks." You know, I'm not going to see a main a main character that that looks like me or and you know what? Maybe I'm not going to buy the game because of that. But you don't look at the answer and go, "What the hell?" Exactly. What, what a crock this of is shit. Sometimes a sometimes a less is more, you know, kind of question. Yeah. You should have given a lot less. <laughs> When way he overshared uh, in his thoughts, and then like it just did not come out well. And it really sucked that you started the question with "We knew this question was coming." Really, because you sounded unprepared. <laughs> right. Like, yeah, that answer does not prove to me that you knew this was coming, dude. Like, yeah, Takel's right. I'm more mad at the bullshit answer than the character look. Yes. Yeah. And I'm going to be honest, right? Like, this is something I generally, I am more, much more cognizant of now as an adult in 2022 than I was as a teenager in the 90s. Generally, as a society, it is something we are more cognizant about if you want to be cognizant about these types of topics. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, I didn't even think of this growing up, right? Like, because yeah, no. everything I played just had a white dude in it. Right. And that's okay. If that's the game you want to make, go ahead. Uh, but don't be upset when somebody says, hey, are you going to make a character with a black dude in it? And you say, well, does it really matter? Because it might to them. Some people, yeah, for it sure. It might. It might. And if enough vote with your wallet for a company that wants to be more global in nature and like it or not, while this may be very American sounding for, for people overseas listening to this, this might sound like a very American socioeconomic political thing that you, you don't see a lot of in, in your area. Uh, like it or not, the United States buys a lot of video games. Mm. And if you want to be a global company, you're going to have to cater to the sensibilities of its entertainment culture at the moment, whether you personally agree with them or not. Or you can run the risk of not... And maybe your game doesn't sell to the extent that you need to make another one. Your choice. <sighs> Give me a trans woman-led Final Fantasy Square. I will accept a spinoff. <laughs> Soken saying, uh, or I'm sorry, Takao saying, Soken, don't let your mans go out there like that. Yeah, because Soken was yeah. answering that character in there too. 
<clears throat> Conversely, by the way, this can be taken too far. In the like, we can have good things like diversity in games be taken to the other extremes as well. Just do it. Like, <laughs> it's not hard. I don't know if you know this, but black people have been around a while. Asian people have been around a while. White people have been around. Like, we've all been here for a while. Put us in game. And, and And they did it with Forspoken, which is supposed to be one of their AAA titles. Yep. They're trying to get this new IP off yep. the ground. The fact that they can't even talk about it right or maybe even yep. do it with their flagship title Coach. final fantasy just is just newest girl says koji with his uh, head in his hands during that whole answer <laughs> just oh I please don't koji make me translate him. this please yeah. don't make uh, me translate this yeah. all right let's finish up with a couple other pieces of square enix news uh yeah we brought this up on the relic grind last saturday since we did not have or not the relic grind gaming gumbo on saturday night since we did not have a relic grind but we are going to come back to it here too symbiogenesis the game we thought could possibly be something to do with the parasite eve empire has nothing to do with it in fact it's much worse than you think it is a web so worse. Yeah, it's a web 3, the first digital collectible art project designed from the ground up for web 3 fans. It's a brand new entertainment content that uh, Square promises will have collectible digital art paired with an interactive story and a quote unquote a dedicated community. How on earth they could promise that such a thing might have a, pro a dedicated community? really didn't matter because they were addressing the Web3 conclave, so everybody there was absolutely on board. Uh, ouch. That I was... I think, Tark, when I put that in Ready Check Radio's chat, all I said was, fuck. <laughs> Oof. Yep. yep. When I saw this, I was like, son of a monkey's uncle. Son yep. of a... Um, God, I hate NFTs. I hate this whole... And I've said it before, like, yeah, like, don't you have to start with like an ecosystem first before you can, you know, sh get the products out there that help sustain it? I, I just cart before the horse, I guess, is what's going on here. And it's just it's just awful. And they're spending their money in all the wrong places, in my opinion, because they're really doubling down on this when everyone else seems to be even Ubisoft is like backing off from any NFTs for crying out loud. So. Yeah, why, but then, why can't... then you have their <sighs> investors, though, being very happy with this approach, Piers. Like, it, <sighs> we might not like it as gamers, but they are happy with how much Square Enix is pushing into this, how much Square Enix is saying, hey, we're going to start selling shares in some of our development to kind of offset some of the exorbitant costs of game development now. You want to own portions of our studios. We're willing to do those very non-Japanese company things that Square Enix is starting to move into. Their shareholders, they like this. They like this direction, even though we as gamers might not. Yeah, I don't know anybody who is excited about the NFT thing at all. Um, <clears throat> you know, this is, it's, the pr president of Square Enix said that he wanted to get into NFTs, and they are delivering. Yeah, Happy New Year. This. And <laughs> uh, with that whole, like, the, the cloud figurine thing, where you could, like, own a picture of it or something, I... I'm not really hype or hot, uh, hot on the whole NFT thing. I'm not sure how it really all works, but uh, all I know is that 
there were a lot of people excited for something for, about Parasite Eve and the fact that this came out and just dashed everybody's hopes and not just dashed everybody's hopes, but like was way worse than anybody could have possibly yeah. thought it was going to be yeah. is just a, it's, <laughs> like, it's a real shame. Hey, team, not only does this not have anything to do with P.E., but it has everything to do with NFTs. <laughs> like, yes. oh, ow. Yeah. Let's swing the pendulum in the opposite direction. Anybody, uh, anybody play Harvestella yet? Not I me. Watched, I watched Taps play it. It looks all right. Yeah, I want to. It's it's something I really want to get into, but I just haven't had the time yet. So Aspen Soon. over at MMO Bomb. Aspen <laughs> yeah, over at MMO Bomb loves it. Like she absolutely loves it. Nice. Uh, actually said that you know, there's the farming stuff, but loves the combat system. And as far as like Ooh. a Final Fantasy story, is really enjoying that the type of storytelling that they're doing in there. So maybe we underestimated it. Maybe Tark, maybe you and I underestimated it. I, I said I needed to see someone play it and 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 get a little, you know, just it's so hard for me to uh, do a life simulator, um, like uh, various day life, um, which is getting a physical release, which is awesome. Yeah, um, is it though? Like, <laughs> it's getting a physical Switch release for a game that's underselling <sighs> and has like sixes, fives, and sixes everywhere across yeah. the board. It. I honestly did not care for it. Uh, you tried it? Yeah, I didn't care for it. Yeah. Okay. But I just heard was, if you want to play it on TVs. Switch, it's getting a physical release. Yeah. I mean, it's the same team that does uh, Triangle Strategy and Octopath, right? Yeah. Yeah. And by the way, we got a new Octo trailer. <laughs> did you guys so watch good. it? Yes. It's so absolutely. good. It's super good. So I, I love it's just the, such a subtle thing that like they made a big deal, a big deal about it in like the, the teasing stuff that we talked about on the show when it was first announced. But like just the extra camera motion that they, they put yes. on these like two and a half D environments. Pierce is just like it. You wouldn't think that it makes the impact that it does. But just some of the additional camera rotations just make that look absolutely gorgeous. Yeah, I mean, Octopath one was gorgeous as is. And they're just it, it, they are it look even better it, with with just like <clears throat> not just the the environments and when you're walking around the the overworld but even the battles like they're they're making it a more yeah. like uh, dynamic camera with with the battles and that just makes it even more exciting and i it, octopath one was already like almost perfect to me i, I think this game is going to just absolutely slay it it's going to be great i so, can't wait tark you yeah. still pumped right it's just so beautiful oh yeah so oh, yeah. I still need to play Octopath One though, because I'm behind it's on everything. <laughs> you gotta get on it, bro. It's so sad. Get on it. Let's go yes. over and do love it or leave it. Love it or leave it is the way we end every episode of the Relic Grind here. It's where I give you and our panel a topic, a feature of a Square Enix game, a Square Enix game, a press release, something they did, doesn't matter. And you tell me whether you love it, want more of it, leave it, never want to see it again. And it would be incredibly easy for me to put Yoshi P's answer on the chopping block, but I don't want to be that predictable. So we're going to talk about deep dungeons as a whole, not specifically the six three deep dungeons. But you got to make the call now. No fence sitting. No, I'll, I'll kind of do it. Like love them or leave them. You got to make the call right now. We'll start with you, Tark. Uh. I'm going to have to leave it. Um, 
I just don't engage with it like very much at all. I, I love the concept of it. I love the tower and the and climbing up or diving down, whichever way you want to go. I just I've just never it's never gripped me to to really go. And I, I still haven't gotten past. I think what did we get through p- to peers like 120? Like that. That's the highest. I, I think that's the highest I've ever been. So it's I, I'm going to leave it. Chat going with love it in a bunch of different spots. Uh, I got to go leave it. Uh, yes, I'll do it. Yes, I'll fart around in it. But I wouldn't be sad if there were no more deep dungeons going forward. So it's a pretty easy leave it for me, particularly with the advent of variant and, criter- variant and criterion dungeons. Uh, I think there's a lot more interesting things they could do with that than you could really accomplish with the way they uh, do the architecture behind deep dungeons. So I'm going to leave it. What do you think, Pierce? You know, you can call me Mickey D's because I'm loving it, boys. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I've had a lot more fun in Deep Dungeon than I have any sort of, of uh, bad experiences or, or tedium or bore. You know, it, it doesn't bore me at all. It's something I really do enjoy. And like I said before, um, it's something that you really got to bring the right people. When you bring the right people, it is some of the best content you can do. You can make a lot of money doing it. You can get some good glam doing it. And, uh, you know, there are those challenge runs out there. If you want those titles, if you want that lone hero, you want that necromancer, it's there. It's a pain, but it's there. So you know what, I, I love you, it. You know what this is telling me? Because I haven't really done a lot of deep dungeon and Piers is like, it's all about the people you bring. Well, clearly, I'm not one of those people that he needs nope. to bring. <laughs> That's why he has fun. I, <laughs> exactly. Got him. Now, I've, I've, I've always wanted to. Him. I've always wanted to revive that four man group. I mean, I think one of them was Earn. What? What? I, I, let's, uh, let's, let's put a group yeah. together. Let's put a group okay. together. Let's, let's go do it. it. I'm serious. Let's go. Yeah, we'll take Burn. That's going to do it for us here today. Chat, don't go anywhere, though, right after the show here. We just need a few moments of downtime to relabel things, but we'll be coming back up with Ms. Faye Death. What's up, Faye? Another day of mayhem. You are back this week. Yay. I am back. Yay. Yay. Welcome back. What are you playing? Thanks. Uh, we are back uh, to Tiny Tina's Wonderlands for an evening. Ah. Are you still in base game, or did you get to some of the DLCs yet? Um, I think we're bordering on the DLC right now. Cool. Um, from what I remember from our last run through, I think we got through the main campaign. So we're newest girl likes your headphones. They have them, but in oh, pink. Thank you so they much. They have the pink ones. Nice. The Don't go anywhere. Faye and Tina will be having some Wonderlands adventures. We, of course, will be back probably next week, but I might have rehearsal. They're switching schedules around because other people have conflicts. So follow Twitter. Of course, we'll be here Saturday, uh, two days from now, for Gaming Gumbo, 7 p.m. Eastern time, talking about the week in gaming. Pierce, it was wonderful to have you. Much obliged, sir. Where can everybody follow you, find you, check out your streams, all that good stuff? Well, uh, it's always a joke on on Tark when we do... uh... When we do Highlands Heroes, but uh, I've been trying to stream a lot more lately. Um, you can find me at Radio underscore Peers on Twitch. Uh, I've been doing a lot of Dark Cloud lately. We've been doing Dark Cloud 2. Uh, I've just been doing school. I've actually started going back to school uh, in the past month, so it's kind of taken a little bit of my time. But uh, I do want to get back to that because I always have a lot of fun hanging out with you guys. So do come by, say hi. Uh, and of course, you can always find me in game in Final Fantasy XIV, uh, Pierce Harvey on the Leviathan server on the Primal Data Center. Come by and let's do something. But that's where you can find me. I know I'm not on that Twitter. 
<laughs> Maybe I will at some point. I, I well, do. you don't want to give Elon eight bucks? I don't get it. Exactly. I know. <laughs> <laughs> Got to get that check mark, dude. That no, check so. mark. I, the blue check mark so important, though. It's so important. Well, exactly. yeah, because Gotta they're have. just going to start curating. If you don't have it, nobody sees your shit. That's that. Uh, yep. yeah. <laughs> Time for a new platform. What about you? Twitch, Twitter, YouTube, all at Tarkov Gaming, playing Final Fantasy fourteen most of the days of the week. Uh, you can find me, Tarkov Solo, on Excalibur on Primal. And uh, all here on Ready Check Radio with the Relic Ryan and streaming Saturday nights where we're going to be diving into the second Voice of Cards game this weekend. Woot, I'm Mike Byrne. You can follow me right there, which I didn't have the title slide up. Magic Man 1 uh, over on Twitter. But of course, more importantly, follow at RC Radio, R-A-I-D-E-O. And you'll know every time we actually do a show or a stream just by following that. Until next time, stay safe. We'll see you on the servers. Later. This is replacing me now, right? In my last show. What's that? Keep yeah. telling dad jokes like that. <laughs>